Welcome to Jefferson Parish Pulse, powered by JEDCO, a podcast designed to showcase the businesses, organizations, and individuals at the heart of the Jefferson Parish economy. I'm Kelsey Scram. You have to start early. So this is about individuals growing to be productive citizens. We have to start before five years of age, and we can change the trajectory of their life so that it really is a crime prevention issue as well. It really is an economic issue. It really is a workforce issue. That is Dr. Sarintha Strickland, the Executive Director of Jefferson Ready Start Network. Driven by the community's need to improve opportunities and inspire change for children from birth to age five, this coalition of individuals is committed to creating and implementing a bold local vision for early childhood education and care. Dr. Strickland has made it her mission to raise awareness about the need for more early childhood opportunities and to secure funding to bring early childhood care to all children in our parish. On this episode of the podcast, Dr. Strickland and I dive deep into the coalition's mission and the data that is driving its activities, some of the latest initiatives designed to serve our community's children, and how early childhood care and education directly impact economic development. Dr. Sarintha Strickland, thank you so much for coming on the Jefferson Parish Pulse. We're so excited to have you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here this morning. Um, I want to just jump right in and start with some introductions. Can you tell us a little bit about the Jefferson Ready Start Network, um, what it is and and, uh, what you do? Great. The Jefferson Ready Start Network is a coalition of thought partners, what I call the movers and shakers in Jefferson Parish, who come together to really look at and support increasing access to high quality early care and education in Jefferson Parish. And when you talk about high quality early care, early education, um, what, what is that? Well, high quality means different things to different people. But for us as a network, it means programs for young children from birth through four years of age, getting services in a way that is recognized nationally as quality, and that is based on the latest research about early care and education and its impact on young children, getting them ready for kindergarten, but really getting them um, to be successful in life. So we're really looking at creating lifelong learners starting in infancy. I love that, and that's so exciting. And I've heard you give some presentations on the impact of these um, of quality early childhood experiences and education in the past. And the data within that pre- those presentations have been so motivating and, and interesting. Early child care and education are critical for development. Can you just highlight a few key statistics about why it is so important that children have access to funded quality early child care and education services before the age of four? I would love to because this is where my passion is, right? What we know, and and really when you think about it, it tends to be well known to the average person that 90% of brain development occurs in children by age four. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we even have commercials now on TV that you need a particular formula because brain development is happening in those early years. And that's incredible data that says that's our critical window, right? We need children to have the highest quality, exemplary, what we call 
interactions from birth up to or through four years of age. We have to have our greatest impact prior to kindergarten. And Kelsey, you know, I've been around a while. I just had a milestone birthday. And when I think way back to when I was young, kindergarten was when we thought about influencing children, right? Well, now we know if you wait till kindergarten, you've waited too late. We have to invest early because that is the critical period. And when we talk quality, we are talking about the kinds of back and forth exchanges, the interactions that children have with the adults in their life, with their caregivers, with their parents, with their grandparents, with extended family members, and as they get a little bit older, what kind of interactions do they have with other children, with quality materials that support that brain growth and development? That's that's so interesting. I had no idea about that statistic. I think I maybe just read it right before we started talking whenever I was looking through all of my notes, but that is just, it's wild that by the time they are four, 90% of brain development, wild. Um, and and uh, when we're talking about this, this education, this childcare, these interactions, um, is there something that we're really looking for in terms of like, should the child be reading or are they like when you're when you have these child care centers what kind of interactions are they having so we're really looking in the early years for children to have a variety of experiences we're looking holistically at the child it's not so much about the academics right because what's critical are these rich back and forth exchanges it's not about rote memorization or rote learning it's about kids playing with toys and materials it's about a young child who is communicating perhaps in a nonverbal way and an adult actually responds to it mm. sees it oh you're looking at the ball child didn't even vocalize, but the adult recognizes it as a communicative intent and says, oh, you're looking at the ball. That's the big red ball. Let me get it for you. And so when we talk about our network, we're talking about a network of centers who value this quality and participate in a system where their quality is measured at, in every single classroom. And so part of our role as a network is to ensure that quality and we actually have a cadre of evaluators who are highly trained to go in and measure the quality of those interactions wow. and that quality is published um, at Louisiana schools Dot com, I believe it is. Don't quote me on that. But you can search for it. And it's the same website where if you were looking at your public school down the street and want to know what letter grade it has, it's the same website. You can click on early childhood and look at the quality rating of the early care and education site in your community as well. But I, I think one of the other pieces of who we are and what we do that I really want to hit on and hit on very early on is that this is not just about children and families. This is a workforce and economic issue. Of course, we all want children to have the best. Parents want their children to have the very best of everything. But parents also know they need to get to work. 
And the COVID pandemic really sort of shined a light on the critical nature of early care and education. When childcare shut down because everything else shut down and parents were expected to work from home, they were expected to work remote, they realized they really couldn't do it if they had young children at home. So we really saw the impact um, on the workforce. And it is still an issue today because we have insufficient quality early care and education in Jefferson Parish. And we know that two out of three parents have to be in the workforce. And if it's a single parent household or a dual parent household or grandparents raising grandchildren, they still have to get to work and we have insufficient supply of quality early care and education. So we have major workforce issues in Jefferson Parish and childcare is one of those issues. I really am so glad that you you mentioned that. That was something that um, that was really my next question and the, the line of sort of thinking that we're going into. Um, I was actually just talking with Kate Wendell, our director of economic and workforce development, who I know you know, and she had mentioned micro centers and the value that they bring to the business community. And you were talking about you know parents who have jobs and and being able to put your child in a quality um, a quality place where they can can learn and grow and and get the resources that they need to be in the right place when they get to kindergarten. So um, these are some great employee benefits that are in a very competitive climate. I think businesses would would be interested in learning more about this. So can you talk about, when you're talking about these centers, can you talk a little bit about what a micro center is and what that partnership with a business might look like? Absolutely. This is really a critical issue for businesses. We know that businesses in Louisiana lose approximately $762 million per year in productivity as a result of child care breakdowns. Wow. That's amazing when you think about yeah. it. But there's a calculator that's available where businesses can go in and put in data and look at you know what their annual losses because of childcare breakdowns. And that is that very issue that the parent cannot get to work because they don't have that quality childcare where they feel they can drop their child off and their child is safe and secure and having those quality interactions so they can work and actually focus on work when they get there. Um, so this is a huge issue. And Kate's right, Kate Wendell is an amazing member of our Jefferson Ready Start Advisory Council, that group of movers and shakers across the parish that includes folks from JEDCO, it includes representatives of big industry, um, business and industry associations, as well as council members, school board members. It is an incredible group of folks who are looking at different strategies to increase access to quality. And this is an issue for um, employers and families of every economic um, range um, or income level um, across the parish as well. So we focus more on increasing access for our children who are an economically disadvantaged family. So when business and industry thinks about their employees who are making a lower hourly wage, those are the families that have the greatest challenges in accessing quality because childcare quality, childcare 
is expensive. Mm -hmm. So we really focus on supporting those families, but we are working with businesses and are looking at different strategies like micro centers. So micro center is in essence a partnership between a childcare entity and a business to have a childcare either on site or across the street or down the block so that that business or that industry knows that its employees can get to work because they've supported access to quality childcare. And so we have some examples of that around the state. We don't currently have examples in Jefferson Parish, but it is something that we are looking to um, promote and support. And as a network, we can help bring business and childcare partners together. We've done a little a, ver a version of that, so um, I'm thrilled to say that Inclusive Care is opening a child care center in conjunction with one of its um, uh, health care sites. Um, actually, we're in Avondale right yeah, now, so yeah. it's not far mm -hmm. down the road. Um, but that's just an example of how business and child care can come together. It could be a micro center, which is just a very small um, provision of early care and education services within the business, or something next door or it could even be a contracted partnership with a site down the street where what we call seats or child care spots are reserved via contract for employees of the business because Kelsey if you needed child care right now you'd be calling a place and likely being put on a wait list that in some heavily populated areas in our community have wait list of 100 to 200 children oh my gosh if you wow. called them tomorrow with your newborn they might not have a spot until your child turned two years of age. So that's not to say that there's not family childcare homes or, you know, some of our um, employees can find childcare with family members or, you know, the neighbor down the street who'll keep children. And those can be incredibly high quality settings as well. But right if you called a high quality child care center tomorrow you're going to be put on a waiting list gosh that is so you know i don't have any children but i have a lot of coworkers who do and they're all very young children and um, i've heard these stories and it always just it shocks me that there there aren't enough seats for for kids that that need them um, and so it's really really wonderful to see that your organization, your network are really advocating for this. So the Jefferson Ready Start Network is really working with those thought partners, that coalition, that advisory council to address a variety of different strategies. So working with business and industry to have childcare for their own employees is one strategy. But we also work in Baton Rouge, so we are consistently working collaboratively with coalitions, um, Louisiana Policy Institute for Children, the Ready Louisiana Coalition, the United Way. They're all partners with us and organizations like us around the state to advocate for increased investment 
of Louisiana dollars into this industry because of the impact that it has, that wide impact, that it's not just about children and families. They are at the core. I, I'm, they are the pa my passion. They are the reason I do what I do. But I've realized that we have to talk differently, that it really is about workforce and economic development. So we are working at the state level. And there is some good news, right? We know there's the Louisiana Early Education Fund. And it has some funds to match dollar for dollar those dollars raised at the local level. So I'm thrilled. We have a partnership with the Jefferson Parish Council. And they contribute local parish dollars to high quality early care and education seats through the Jefferson Ready Start Network. And we're able to tap that state early education fund for a dollar for dollar match. Now, we have a long way to go. Give you a few numbers. We have roughly 28,000 children in Jefferson Parish from birth through four years of age. If you use the definition of economically disadvantaged, those are children who are in households who are at 200% of the federal poverty level. If you use that figure, then we have as many as 21,000 children from birth through four who are in economically disadvantaged households. And we're only serving about 5,000 children in publicly funded seats. Mm -hmm. So we have a huge gap that we need to close and we really need to think bigger. We really need to think about other bigger strategies for our economically disadvantaged children. And the data really bear this out. When you look at the children entering kindergarten, in Jefferson Parish, fewer than 15%. Let me pause and repeat. Fewer than 15% of children enter kindergarten ready to engage with kindergarten content. Wow. It's really not surprising, though, yeah. when you think that as many as 16,000 children in our parish who qualify for publicly funded seats are not in those seats because they are not available. Right. So we really have to figure out how to close this big gap, and we need our best and brightest minds, our business and industry leaders, our political leaders, our educators, our families, our advocates, to come together and figure out how to create a solution that is addressing the gap, but also sustainable over time. Hmm. And and I, I really like that you mentioned that that it needs to be something where you have more folks coming to the table, the, 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 the industry leaders, business leaders, all of these different groups and entities have to come together to figure out the, how to fix this. I want to switch gears here just a little bit to talk about a new program that you have just rolled out. Jefferson Parish is incredibly diverse. And so I want to share some information about the two-generation program, which connects with and hires more Hispanic teachers in the early childhood arena. Can you talk about this program and its importance? Absolutely. So we launched this two-generational, I'll call it a pilot because it's very small. We launched it about a year ago. We were excited to write for and get some money from Entergy to support its launch. And it's really designed to address 
the data we were reviewing around what children and families, who are the children and families that we're serving? So we recognized the huge gap, and when we looked at the 5,000 children and families being served, what we noticed is that we were serving a very small percentage of children and families who are of Latino um, origin or background. And we dug a little deeper, we had focus groups, we had a lot of conversations, we partnered with trusted um, Hispanic serving organizations in Jefferson Parish, trying to figure out why Jefferson, who has one of the largest growing um, populations of Latino children and families in the state, why we had so few of them enrolling in our programs. And I'm thrilled to say that we have made an impact already in a very short amount of time, but we did it first by building trust. We did it second by learning more about uh, these uh, families and what they value and what they perceive to be quality early care and education and what was needed for them to be able to go to work and support um, their families, but in a way that they knew their children were safe and being um, cared for. One of the biggest things we learned is that across our network of, when, when I count child care centers alone in our network, there are about 80 child care centers that have public dollars, meaning they serve publicly funded children, and across those centers, we only had about eight or ten that had bilingual staff. So many of our new immigrant families, many of our Spanish-speaking families were saying they're not going to drop their child off at a site where they can't communicate about the child's day. I mean, you pick up a, a, a parent picks up their child and wants to know how is the day well we've got an 18 month old well they can't communicate you rely on the adults in that environment to communicate with you and so this two generational approach um, has been where we've recruited spanish-speaking women who are seeking employment they want to work and but they also want their child to have a quality spot while they're at work. So this was the best of both worlds. We identified our centers that had bilingual staff. We um, used the bilingual teacher on site to serve as a mentor for the Spanish-speaking mom who got a job, who worked hard um, to learn this industry in this field while her child got a publicly funded seat down the hall. So it was a win-win for everyone. The child care centers report just being thrilled to have a more diverse staff, right? They want a staff that reflects the population of children and families they serve. They were thrilled to have more um, Spanish-speaking team members, but also team members who are becoming bilingual, right? Because not only were our Spanish-speaking uh, apprentice teachers learning about childcare, they're learning English, they're learning about financial literacy, you know, and some of them even want to learn about how to open their own family child care center or center-based child care. So we're thrilled this has been a huge success. We already see more and more um, children of Latino backgrounds enrolling in our publicly funded seats. And 
So we talk about the workforce issue. Well, childcare has a huge challenge in recruiting and retaining teachers. I mean, it's a low-wage industry. We are really working with a variety of entities um, across um, Jefferson, including the Jefferson Workforce Commission. We're so excited that they are a partner, and we're using some federal workforce dollars that flows through the Jefferson Workforce Commission to pay some of the hourly rate of these apprentice teachers. So it truly is a win for everyone, um, and we really want to look at at how we expand that opportunity for workforce development to be able to better recruit and retain teachers in childcare itself so that we can expand childcare so that our bigger businesses and industry in Jefferson have um, employees who can access that care and education. That's wonderful. I, I love all of this so much. Um, and, and I really like that you also mentioned workforce in terms of like the the teachers and the people who are who are doing the the work of educating and um, helping with childcare, I mean that that is a part of our workforce. That is part of economic development. Everything we're talking about just goes right back to business and economic development and economic impact and how we attract people into this community and how we keep them here. It's just it's it's huge. It's absolutely a huge issue, and it's it's why we're so excited to be partnering with JEDCO that it really is. Everything is tied together, and every initiative we launch now, we really try to look at it and set it in the context of that bigger picture, and it really is ultimately about quality of life for the citizens of Jefferson Parish. Can we talk about some of the other programs and training that Jefferson Parish Ready Start Network provides or advocates for. Um, I know you guys are just doing so much. Well, I'll make this our first public announcement that we have written for and been awarded what's called the Child Care Resource and Referral Grant for Jefferson Parish. So historically, this was a regionally funded grant, and through our partners, Agenda for Children, they are based out of Orleans, but would serve the whole region. And the Jefferson Ready Start Network over the last decade really has been building its capacity, really implementing different initiatives like some of the ones we've talked about today, but really built our capacity to be the provider of all things early care and education in Jefferson Parish. So we are excited that as of July 1, we launch with state and federal dollars, the Child Care Resource and Referral um, Agency or entity for Jefferson Parish. And it really is about promoting quality in early care and education. So it allows us to continue doing some of the things we've already been doing. And mostly it's about providing professional development. So you talk about that workforce in early care and education. Who are those teachers who are working in those childcare sites or early Head Start and Head Start? I haven't even mentioned that they're part of our network. As well as who are those teachers in the four-year-old classrooms in the public school systems in Jefferson Parish Schools? Because all of those entities are part of our network. So this new funding allows us to be the resource for those 
um, teachers, those assistant teachers, those leaders across those sites in identifying quality, supporting quality, and really advancing the quality in and across all of those settings. So we will be providing training for the workforce. We'll be providing coaching. So, you know, we we tend to know, the research really shows us that training in and of itself can change ideas, change beliefs and attitudes, but doesn't really change the practices we have on a day-to-day -day basis. So we need coaches in those classrooms supporting teachers to increase the quality of those interactions that we started talking about because there's clear research on what interactions lead to um, increased development in children and increased readiness over time mm -hmm. so we are excited that we will be um, partnering with the state to implement this program so that we can impact the workforce and ultimately impact children and families. Thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm so excited about this news. That's really wonderful. Uh, we just talked yesterday with the state about when to launch um, and when to really put out um, information. And we will be putting that out in the next couple of days. We're super excited about it. And the nice thing about it is it's some of our grants are only year long. And this one really is has more opportunity for longevity. So we can plan better down the road and over time. Wonderful, very, very exciting. I, I love how passionate you are about all of this. You can just, it just kind of like comes right off of you when we're talking here. And so I wanna ask you a little bit about you and how you got involved in this work and what you were, were doing that, that brought you to this role. Wow, um, I have to think really hard. I mean, the truth is, Kelsey, this has been my passion since day one. I, I'm reluctant to say how many years I've been doing this, um, but I really started in early education. My initial passion was supporting young children with disabilities and mm -hmm. their families, and supporting young children as in infants and toddlers. Mm -hmm. So I really started off um, as an early intervention teacher. So I started in a classroom myself, um, supporting very, very young children in what was called at the time a model demonstration project. So <clears throat> over 30 years ago, when we started, we were looking at programs. How do you support young children with disabilities and how do you include them in settings with what we would call typically developing young children back then. But how do we ensure that all children, regardless of background or ability, um, have the same opportunity and can grow and learn together? And that's where I started over now, I really have to say over 35 years ago. And so it was my passion then. And I it gave me the opportunity because if you looked at a toddler, even 35 years ago, a toddler with special needs, their peers were in childcare. 
So I really got my roots in supporting children in child care centers by looking at opportunities for young, very young children with disabilities within child care. And it really led to a whole new world for me about um, not just how do we advocate for children with disabilities, how do we advocate for children who are in economically disadvantaged circumstances, but ultimately, how do we ensure that all children in our community have equal access to quality opportunities so that they all have the opportunity to reach their potential. You've been doing this for a long time. How does it make you feel to have a hand in these projects that are really supporting the children and the families in our community? I mean, you said multiple times that they're really your passion. That's what drives you. Um, how does it make you feel to know that the, the work that you're doing makes such a difference? It's really exciting, especially when I get text messages or other communications from families, and sometimes from families I haven't heard from in a long time, and I get a picture of a teenager oh my gosh. or beyond yeah. and realize, oh my goodness, I knew that child when they were a toddler. And it's families reaching back to say what a difference early care and education, early intervention meant to them and their family. I, I really feel like I have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. I do want to leave quite a legacy, and I feel like part of the legacy to lead is to leave, well, right now lead, but eventually <laughs> leave a legacy of sustainable resources in Jefferson for early care and education. So that is our big push right now. That is the big push of our advisory council. And you may be hearing me say, this is really not about me, right? This is about the children and families. This is about the workforce. This is about the economy of our parish. This is ultimately about the quality of life in Jefferson. And we really need to have a big push of all individuals in this parish to find that sustainable source of funds so that we can get children ready. I mean, the data is just amazing. You know, we have two right now huge spokespersons. One is um, Councilman Scott Walker, who really who's really led the charge um, for funding for early care and education. The other council members have really stepped up to support, and we really look for them to continue to do that. But the other is our sheriff. Our sheriff has actually stepped up, and we have some nice videos we're going to um, launch soon because he recognizes and his entire team recognize that you have to start early. So this is about individuals growing to be productive citizens. We have to start before five years of age and we can change the trajectory of their life so that it really is a crime prevention issue as well. It really is an e economic issue. It really is a workforce issue. And I hope that I can work less in the years to come and be able to say that our legacy, and truly our legacy, was the sustainable fund source for early care and education in Jefferson. Typically, Jefferson leads the way. When we look at the region, Jefferson is the leader in the region of all things. However, Orleans Parish recently passed mm. a millage 
for early care and education that will pump $20 million annually into early care and education to close the gap they were seeing in the children being served and those that qualify for high quality early care and education seats in Orleans. So we're a little behind right now in Jefferson. We have a model of what's happened in other parishes without a real tax burden on any individual. So I'm not suggesting we're about to advocate for taxes, new taxes in Jefferson, but we do have models of what has happened in other parishes in Jefferson and East Baton Rouge and Ascension. They have actually looked at other strategies. Some of it is as simple as a micro center, but some of it is looking at rededication of tax dollars that are not being used for certain things in a parish. And in some parishes, they've even looked at um, juvenile justice dollars because, again, this is about prevention. So it's about ensuring quality so that children have the opportunity and again about quality of life for all citizens in Jefferson. Thank you. That is so well said. I I want to I feel like I know the answer to this, but you've talked a lot about the solution and coming up with all, all of us sort of working together to come up with a solution. In a in a perfect world, what does success look like long term? Wow. So the question is, if you dare to dream, (laughs) what would your dream look like? And I think my colleagues said it well this morning um, on a call that I had prior to. As we advocate for support across our state and across our nation, it's about a parent of a young child who lands that dream job or lands the job that they see as a stepping stone for their um, economic stability, right? And they land that job and they don't have to worry about where their young children are gonna go tomorrow so they can get to work. I think that's the real dream is that every family, regardless of their economic level, their socioeconomic status, that when somebody offers them that opportunity, they can seize it and they don't have to decline it or worry about it or drop their child off in some place that they don't believe is best, but they have to because they've got to get to work. So in my dream, when I dare to dream, every single family has that opportunity and doesn't have to call and get put on a wait list or drop their child off at a place that they don't believe is the absolutely best place in the world. That is a beautiful dream. I love that so much. Um, I want to make sure that people know. um, I have two more questions for you. How can people reach you? How can businesses get involved? What, what, if a business is listening to this and they, they hear you talk about like possibly micro centers or getting involved in some way, what, what can they do? How should they connect with you? I think there are a couple of ways. First, we would send them um, to our website to learn more. So Jefferson Ready Start Network. 
Um, is our website. Um, they can learn more. There's actually a place to click on for businesses. They can learn more about our advisory council. Would love to have them join our advisory council. So there's actually a link on the website to reach out to us. They can sign up for our newsletter so they can stay informed. So when we need them to call legislators or call council members or call school board members that um, they learn about it through our net newsletter so they can learn more by signing up for our newsletter. Um, and I think the other thing they can do is simply be more aware of the need and put this conversation at the top because it's not just about children and families. It is about the workforce. And as they're advocating or just having lunch with their neighbor or their council member or they're at the Rotary Club, wherever they are, we want them to have these conversations. And what, you know, in my other dream world is that people are talking about this and not saying, oh, that's not the important issue or that's not what our legislators need to be talking about. There are these other things that are more important. Well, we do have a lot of issues in our state and in our communities, but this is one of them and this needs to be at the forefront and it needs to be at the top of the conversation. So join our efforts, go to our website, learn more. You can reach me through our website. Um, the other website, if you just wanted to learn more about programs in our network, you can go to jeffersonchild.com and learn all about the programs in our network as well. Perfect. And we will include links to all of those in our show notes so that it's easy access for all of our listeners. Um, final question, what is the most important thing that you want people to know about the Ready Start Network as we wrap up this, this conversation? I feel like there's so many things. We've talked about so many wonderful things. What's the one key thing that you want people to take away? I think the one key thing or the one key takeaway is that the network is this group of amazing individuals who have come together to support the work. It's not one person. It is not one kind of program. It is not one kind of person. It is this coalition. It's a diverse group of individuals who come together to really achieve that final goal of access to quality for all children. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk just a little bit or end with what amazing team of early childhood leaders we have because you do have to have a core leadership group to bring these larger groups of individuals and these coalitions together. And I have an amazing team of individuals that run those different projects and programs and we've been working together for about seven years now and we're really just finally seeing some of the work come to fruition but i think that's the final thought is that um, while i have some great leaders it it takes an entire village or an entire coalition and all perspectives all people are welcome and please join our coalition i do want to make sure i didn't miss anything is there anything that i didn't ask uh, or anything that you'd like to add or mention that we didn't have a chance to touch on in the show? I think we've hit on a lot. <laughs> we have a lot more projects that we don't have time to talk about. Um, but I do think it really is in the end about um, welcoming 
all individuals to join our efforts. And, you know, if you still have time in the podcast to end with a pitch for money, um, we're always asking for money. Um, one of the things we will launch, I will end with this, that is very uh, business related, is that by becoming the child care resource and referral, it makes the Jefferson Ready Start Network the designation for this uh child care tax credits mm, okay. so oh, we yes. will be Let's launching um, this um, initiative so businesses get a dollar for dollar tax credit up to five thousand dollars for each business and that's not it doesn't sound like a lot of money but it is something that we will be launching and really trying to educate businesses about the opportunity it is capped we'll also try to work in Baton Rouge to raise the cap so that businesses can donate um, higher amounts um, if they're interested. But those dollars go directly into the Child Care Center to help increase seats or increase access as well as to support increases in quality. That is a perfect way to end. I, I love that we're talking about this is an economic development issue. We are incentivizing businesses to get involved. We are incentivizing businesses to provide support to their workforce so that they can get quality workers to the table so that we're, and, and also thinking a little bit too about these kids that are going to, you know, early early childcare are eventually going to be our workforce. So the, the future looks very bright when they have access to these resources, right? Um, all, all the way through, just a wonderful program, wonderful conversation. I feel like we could talk for so much longer. I have so many questions, but maybe we'll just have to have you back on the show again. <laughs> I would love to come back. And we absolutely could focus a little more on that future workforce, because as you said, I mean, we're talking about children up to four years of age. If you think about some of our business and industry, you're looking to employ teenagers. And these children will be those teenagers in as few as, what, nine years, 10 years? And so we are talking about the workforce of today and the workforce of tomorrow. That is a that is a great last comment, um, Sarintha. This has been such an illuminating conversation. I've really enjoyed talking with you and learning so much about the the tremendous work that you um, and your team are doing. So just thank you so much for your time and for being on the show. Thank you for having me. A big thanks to Dr. Sarintha Strickland for taking time out of her busy schedule to be on the show. We've shared links to the Jefferson Ready Start Network in our show notes so you can dive deeper into the great work that the network is doing and get more information if that's of interest. Every other week, we'll be releasing new episodes of Season 6. You can listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you stream your favorite shows. We share links to all of our episodes on our social media channels. Follow us at Twitter and Instagram at jedco underscore news, on Facebook at Jefferson Parish Economic Development, and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com backslash company backslash JP Economic Development. You can also visit our website at jedco.org. If you're looking for more episodes of the show, we've got five great seasons featuring business owners, partners, and leaders who are helping to drive economic progress in Jefferson Parish. Feel free to take a listen. And if you like the show, please feel free to leave us a rating or a review. Your feedback helps others find the show and listen in, which helps us share the stories of our key partners and business leaders more widely. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you back here soon.